Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and today we're going to be considering what does diversity and inclusion have to do with employee engagement? Our guest is the wonderful, awesome, fabulous Elizabeth Cook, co-founder and chief diversity and strategy officer at Digni, a firm which provides software tools to build diverse and inclusive organizations. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bill. I should have you do all of my intros. That was great. <laughs> I'd be happy to, I'm sure. Um, and listeners, what I didn't mention there is um, uh, Elizabeth will also be one of our amazing speakers at Innovate Work Vancouver Number no. 2, which the HR Gazette is a co-organizer of. Um, and we're super excited for that. And that's happening on October 17th, 2019 at uh, Hive which is on West Hastings in downtown Vancouver. And so we're going to be focusing a lot of this chat today on on questions related to the topic that Elizabeth will be uh, will be presenting there. And that is what does diversity and inclusion have to do with with employee engagement? But before we get into the nitty gritty, Elizabeth, uh, can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about about you, your career background and uh, and your role at Digni? Yeah, so my background uh, started out in community services. I used to work as a counselor, uh, as a mental health worker, and a child care counselor, stuff like that. I did that for uh, for a really long time, and then I uh, I trotted off and got a, a Juris Doctor in Law, and then worked in law for a really long time. Uh, again, I feel like I'm making myself sound older than perhaps I am, but nevertheless, worked in law for a while. Um, and then I wanted to combine the both passions, the passion of working um, with communities and, and try to make some positive change and the strategic approach um, and, and the, the thorough research of, of law and the way of looking at things sort of in a bigger picture uh, and more sort of deliberately and, um, and combine that to go into diversity management. And, and that's, uh, that's led me to found Digni. Uh, and in, in Digni, we're looking at, um, looking at ways to elevate dignity in the workplace. So on the premise that we believe that an inclusive world in the truest sense of the word is the world that we want to live in. So a world where people feel like their diversity is recognized, the way that they're different, the way that, uh, that they've you know, experienced the world is, uh, is welcomed and is included. And they can feel like um, people feel like they belong somewhere. And we're looking at that specifically in the context of a work of a workplace. So we're doing that. So I've, I've managed to team up with uh, some folks that know how to make computer software and different SaaS solutions so that we can uh, help to deliver this kind of uh, information um, to, to workplaces to, act, to actually facilitate some positive change. So, so that's what we do. We try, to, uh, we try to elevate dignity in the workplace because we all have to go to work and everybody should enjoy doing it. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much. What a great course. So does thinking about the employee's experience fundamentally mean thinking about being inclusive? I believe that it does. You know, we, we, there's a lot, we've got about 15 years worth of research that shows us that diversity and inclusion makes good business sense. There's a lot of financial returns. We know, you know, that that businesses that are diverse and inclusive are eight times, get eight times better business results than companies with lower diversity, and are twice as likely to meet their financial targets. So the, the business case for DNI is really strong. And when we look at why that is, 
a lot of that reason is that employees are engaged. They're more innovative. They're more agile. They work better together. You get better solutions. You know, when you have different people working together, your research shows us that you're able to come up with faster solutions that work better than having a um, than having having a lack of uh, of diversity, so a lack of differences, and then a lack of inclusion of those people working really well together. Sometimes people get a little bit, uh, you know, I wouldn't say put off, but think more of diversity and inclusion as as an elective, like an elective course, right? It's, it's something supplementary that you would work, that you would uh, you would want to look at. But the business case shows us that that's that's not the way that we should be approaching this. That we should be wanting to be more inclusive, and we should be wanting to help to foster employee engagement. If you look at it the other way around, we don't have any research that says that the status quo of you know male dominated organizations or, or men in the majority of leadership positions is the, is the best way to go. It's getting us the best results. That's, there's no research that shows us that. The research shows us that diversity and inclusion is better. And when that's better, employee engagement is better. And that's where you're seeing those positive results. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I want to dig a bit deeper with you and, and, and uh, maybe let's get some practical takeaways for, for our audience today who are, uh, lots of them are HR folk. Um, in, in terms of selling the importance of, of, of investing in diversity and in inclusion programs within one's organization, what are, what are some of those uh, top tips that you could offer to to HR pros and, and others uh, who are managing up and, and having those conversations with, with the leadership in terms of where where their buck should go? Yeah, well, I think that's it's really interesting that you should phrase it like that, because that's what a lot of people do is we, we, we decide that we want to be diverse and inclusive. So we start to offer like, oh, well, we'll do a training on, you know, uh, gender equality and some training on inclusive, um, you know, inclusive leadership or unconscious bias which are all really important to do. But what we need to facilitate meaningful change is we need something tangible that we can actually measure so we can see if we're improving it. There's a great Peter Drucker quote that says, you know, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. So what we do at Digni is we have, we've created sort of a, well, it is a responsible science-based employee data analytic platform that puts the employee's experience, sort of, so what their sense is of the way, how they're feeling included or engaged at work, front and center. So we survey employees as a safe um, and, and privacy protected third party to be able to get the information that HR practitioners need to be able to see, oh, actually, this is where this is what our diversity looks like. This is where we're having some struggles in the corporate pipeline of trying to get women into more senior leaders, leadership positions, or this is where we're seeing a lot of struggles with you know, young gay Asian males or people of different ethnicities or different languages. We we measure all of those different metrics of diversity and to provide them with results and then protect all of the employees data at the same time. We're actually partnering with uh, UBC blockchain to look at some other ways of using, um, uh, of using blockchain to protect employees data, but that's, that's it's paramount to our, to our, uh, our, our software solutions is that we're, we're protecting the employees and getting the information that HR departments need, but can't always ask. Um, and Cause often HR departments are, are working on a hunch. They think, you know, that, ah, you know, I think we're not really doing this enough with women in leadership positions or the young people that we're hiring don't really represent workforce availability. They're, they're, they're trying to figure out what those things are, but it's all going on a hunch. And, and sometimes it's going on complaints that people receive or particular incidents that have taken place at work. Using actual data and having a science-based approach 
allows you to see, to take a step back, to see what it is that's going on in in an organization, and then start to make some of those changes to nudge behavior along, right? With that has to do with education and training, or if it has to do with hiring or retention, whatever whatever that is, you get that information um, from our software tools. And then we have professional services um, as well, where we can come in and do its education and training. Sometimes it's policy analysis, other forms of advice, and then other um, bits of surveying to, to continue to measure employee engagement along in a really safe way for employees to provide that kind of feedback. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, great insights indeed. Let, let's keep going with these wonderful practical insights. Uh, can, can you can you suggest maybe two or three areas where companies go wrong with DNI, and also two or three areas where companies succeed? Yeah. So I think uh, companies really succeed when they have buy-in from senior leadership, right? Um, most people want to do good. They want to make sure that other people feel really good. And when you have the tools and the language to be able to express that, you do really well. So when senior leadership has the language um, to, admit to, it, to express those, those, those things to, to employees and to demonstrate that, uh, companies, companies do really well. Um, telling personal stories. You know, there's um, uh, a couple of companies based in Vancouver. Mech is actually one of them where they went through their senior leadership team and they um, did sort of like a personal interview about who they were, struggles that they had. They had pieces around um, different elements of being from um, different cultures, talking about mental health and mental illness, what that looks like, postpartum depression, sharing their stories. You have a lot of success with that because it puts a personal touch on, uh, on what your experience is and shares that with your employees. It also helps to cut down on some unconscious bias that people might have and on some of the stigmas and stereotypes that go along with a lot of those, uh, those kind of issues. People go wrong when they make a lot of assumptions, when uh, you, know, you don't actually dig down on, on what the root problem is uh, of something that's going on or of overlooking um, maybe sometimes people that, that might be more quiet, right? That's where you start to see a lot of employee churn if people aren't, um, aren't talking about issues that are going on. The things that don't come to your attention um, can cause you uh, can cause a lot of difficulty and can cause you to have you know, an unhealthy work environment where you lose employee engagement and then inevitably end up um, experiencing a lot of employee churn as well. Excellent. Thank you very much. So uh, for those listeners in the Vancouver area who are thinking about coming along on October 17th at Hive, you totally should. Matt Burns is going to be there hosting and we've got wonderful pros like uh, Manu Varma and Libby Stewart. Uh, so you should totally come out and see it. Um, but for those who are on the fence at the moment, Elizabeth, uh, what are some of the key takeaways that they'll get from your session at Innovate Work Vancouver number two? Yeah, so I, I love sharing success stories of clients that I've worked with uh, and ways that, that clients have addressed uh, challenging issues at work. So I'll try to bring some of those in as well um, and then tie in some success stories as well and, and answering lots of questions. I really like that when people come out and ask questions and uh, it really enriches the conversation and allows us to uh, to create um, a conversation that you you can't just pick up online. You have to be there to uh, to hear those answers and to be a part of that conversation. And uh, I really hope everybody comes out. I think it's going to be a great night. Hopefully, it doesn't rain, and uh, it'll be it'll be wonderful. 
Okay, well, uh, before we wrap things up, one last question for you for today, and that is how can our listeners connect with you, but also how can they learn more about the wonderful work happening over at Digney? Yeah, so you can get a hold of us uh, on the Digney website, which is, I, it actually gets pronounced Digni a lot. I need to figure out a way around that, but it's Digney. So it's D-I-G-N-I-I.com. That's our website. You can find us there. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm Elizabeth Cook, Elizabeth with an S and Cook with an E. Uh, but if you get in touch with us through the Digney website um, or LinkedIn, I'd be happy to uh, to chat with you some more in October. Okay, wonderful. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Elizabeth Cook, thank you very much for being a guest on this HR Chat episode. Thank you, Bill. It was great. And this is, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.